This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello and welcome to Health and Living with me, Lim Su An. Now we are approaching the one-year anniversary um, since Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim was sworn in as the 10th Prime Minister of Malaysia on the 24th of November last year. So on Health and Living, we're taking this opportunity to look at different issues in health and healthcare that the Prime Minister and his government can or should prioritise in the next year to come. So on today's show, I'm joined by Dr. Sivabala Savaratnam, Chairman of MMA School which stands for the section concerning house officers, medical officers and specialists. And if that's any indication, we want to look at what must be prioritised when it comes to human resources, so our healthcare professionals. And that's a topic that has been very, very hotly debated for years and years. Um, Dr. Siva, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Suen, and uh, thanks again for having me on this show today. Hmm. Now, we often think about doctors and nurses, right? So that's a, that's Those are the first people we think of when we think of healthcare workers. Um, but who else makes up this group of healthcare professionals that are essential to how our healthcare system runs? Right. So the healthcare system is huge. And that's why some people would love to joke that KKM, Kementerian Kesihatan Malaysia, actually stands for Kementerian Kuat Malaysia, <laughs> Right. Um, and when we talk about positions or posts, as you said, uh, we have the doctors and nurses, but more importantly, or equally importantly, we have the pharmacists, radiographers, psychologists, uh, dieticians, ambulance drivers, uh, MLTs, which stands for medical lab technicians, mm. medical assistants, who now go by the uh, uh, terminology as assistant medical officers or AMOs. Mm-hmm. And uh, so many, many more. And I'd just like to uh, add here, Swen, that although uh, conventionally we we tend to see the MMA or Malaysian Medical Association championing the uh, plight of the doctors in Malaysia, Mm -hmm. but I'd also like to say that each and every one uh, who serves within the healthcare system is an unsung hero. Right, they are very important to the running of the healthcare system, and without a single individuals right up to the cleaners who keep the premises clean mm-hmm. is an unsung hero and uh, needs to be appreciated for all that they do. Mm. And yet we have been hearing a lot of frustrations, um, concerns being raised by our healthcare workers um, about the situation that we find ourselves in, right? Our healthcare system, which is overworked and overburdened. Um, what are some of the frustrations that MMA has heard from members, especially once, especially when we hear about people who are considering moving from public to private healthcare or even out of the country? So before I get into uh, the frustrations, mm-hmm. I would like to just uh, quote uh, something that Prof. Uh, Adiba Kamaruzaman very eloquently stated uh, when she said that public health service mm-hmm. relies on health workers' altruism. And that's so correct because, as you said, that there's a mass exodus uh, into private health care mm-hmm. as well as uh, uh, lots of our, our junior colleagues and lots of uh, doctors are moving to greener pastures, mm. so to speak. So with regards to frustration, it's a combination of multiple factors, such as uh, the lack of clarity when it comes to career progression, uh, given the way the uh, contract system is structured. Uh, then there is also the disparities in uh, allowance between contract and permanent. 
the bureaucracy and the red tape when we raise issues, uh, the inefficiency when uh, issuing transfer notices, for example, we would think that when a doctor needs to report for duty at a given place, you need to give at least two months notice, preferably three months. Why? Because if we are renting houses, for example, you need to give a three months notice before you can terminate your contract and not incur Mm-hmm. further cost mm-hmm. and you also need time to find uh, housing in the new place. So uh, other frustrations could include the remuneration that we are given versus the escalating cost of living. Another topic that's very close to the heart of our MMA president, Dr. Azizan Abdul Aziz, would be the bullying and toxic work environment. As you say, there are multi. It's a multifactorial situation, and yet, you know, we are still hearing about a shortage of healthcare workers in the country. How bad would you say is the situation? Because it it's very different from what we might see as patients in a hospital or a KK versus what you see from the perspective of a professional organization. Right. To put this into perspective, Suen, uh, the MMA believes that uh, the way forward should be uh, data-driven human resource mapping Mm -hmm. uh, because the actual numbers, right, uh, when when we listen to claims of severe shortage, how would we really know where is the shortage and what is normal? Mm -hmm. So if it's data-driven and there is a human resource mapping, for example, uh, since I'm a practicing obstetrician, I'll, I'll talk to you in terms of the labor room, mm-hmm. right? So if a certain hospital has X amount of deliveries, you need Y number of medical officers and Z number of specialists mm-hmm. to look after X amount of deliveries. You need data-driven mapping to go forward. And there has to be uh, transparency in this so that we are able to then move forward based on patient load. And when we move forward based on patient load and data-driven uh, driven mapping, it, it all translates down to patient safety. So my question would be, why the hesitancy with transparency? That would be my question, because it's the best deal for everyone, especially our patients. Mm. Uh, when you stretch your workforce, you're basically bringing about burnout and uh, human error. Mm. So let's go past pointing fingers. Let's do what's best uh, with regards to patient care. This isn't a new problem, Dr. Siva. And as I said at the start, we're trying to look ahead to see what the government can prioritise, what's feasible in the next year, right? And maybe let's dive into a couple of different issues that need to be addressed, some of which you mentioned. If we look at salary, for example, um, I've uh, we know that the government is carrying out a review of salary of fixed allowance schemes for all civil servants. Um, and so this includes KKM, which is expected to be completed by end of next year. And um, what's quite um, surprising is that the large wage, the last wage review was done in 2012, so that was more than um, 10 years ago by now. Um, what would MMA like to see coming out of this wage review? Because you've mentioned that this is something that doctors are concerned about. I have to be very careful when stating MMA's request here because, you know, in this day and age of social media where people take just bits of information and uh, YouTube shorts and so on, uh, doctors then would be very quickly labeled as uncaring and only motivated by 
remuneration. And, and that's why very early on, I stated that altruism, as stated by Prof. Adiba, is still very much alive in the healthcare sector. Mm. Right. So what would we like to see? I would just go with a ballpark figure of about 50% raise in basic salary. Now, everyone's joy is going to drop. 50%, you got to be kidding. Mm. But let's pause a moment and ask ourselves, how did we come to this figure? The, the reason is, as you stated, the last salary revision was 12 years ago, right? And um, if you look at inflation, mm. on average, it's about plus minus 3%. Its cost of living has just skyrocketed. And I'm not even sure... Um, Economy is not my strong point, but the pull factor, you alluded to it earlier, that their uh, doctors are leaving to private healthcare. So why are they doing that? Because that is where the pull factor is. And any doctor would tell you that their contemporaries in private uh, healthcare are earning at least three to four times uh, that being earned by those in government service. Mm. And that's why we call it service. Right. So pull factor is there, inflation, rising cost, accountability to life is there, medical indemnity is going through the roof. Okay. If you look at the escalating cost of uh, litigation, and uh, who knows when the next salary review is going to be. Australia, for one, has mm -hmm. got an inflation buffer. Mm -hmm. So, meaning the employer matches the inflation rate of the previous year. It is anywhere between 1% to 5%. Malaysia does not have that. So when you take all this into account, would 50% actually be a staggering figure or would that now be a reasonable figure, at least 50%? And at the end of the day, I mean, doctors are doing this to save lives, but they also need to survive, right? Thank you. Thank you. That doctors have families to feed. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's a view out there where people say you need to be uh, grateful. You've got a job. So many people don't have a job, you know, but we need to look past that. Yes, we do have a job, but we are bleeding doctors. Uh, the attrition rate is through the roof. And the next bit of statistics that I would like to share is nothing new. Mm -hmm. It's all based on parliamentary responses that have been given in parliament earlier this year, somewhere around February or March, by uh, the Honourable Health Minister, as well as her Deputy Health Minister, which states that uh, over the last uh, five years, between 2017 to 2022, the attrition rate amongst contract doctors has gone through the roof. It has gone up by 1,000. 131%. In 2022, it hit three figures for the very first time. And these are contract doctors. Then if you look at the other end of the spectrum, specialists, this was again revealed in parliament. On average, KKM is losing about four plus specialists per week, slightly more than four specialists per week, right? Between 2018 to 2022 mm -hmm. again. So when the brain drain is alarming, right? And of course, there are some people who are very quick to say that uh, brain drain is normal. I would agree and disagree. Why? Because if you look at the data by World Bank, the average brain drain the, uh, across the world uh, is about 
percent, mm-hmm. and Malaysia is close to double that, as was stated by our communications uh, minister YB Fami Fazil. He quoted those figures as well that we are the medical uh, brain. I mean, the brain drain was almost double world figures. So we need to plug this, and uh, I think part of the factor would be remuneration. To continue on that remuneration point, another issue that MMA um, has also brought up recently that was cause of much concern is on the on-call allowance because it was recently decided that it wouldn't be raised from the current uh, rate of about nine ringgit an hour. Um, maybe you could briefly go through that, Dr. Siba. Why is MMA calling for the on-call rate to be increased and why is it problematic that it is remaining at that rate? Yeah. Right. So the why is it problematic? Possibly because when the government is asked to review salary, there needs to be a whole lot of effort and work that goes in because salary would then impact <coughs> pension. Whereas on call is not as complex as our basic salary increase. Mm-hmm. So the first step, as far as MMA is concerned, uh, you know, an act of goodwill. Uh, so to speak, would be to bump up the on-call allowance. And you see, doctors in government service are being paid less than 10 ringgit per hour. If you compare it to even, uh, let's say, our domestic helpers, who the agents allow to come and work for four hours, they are being paid anywhere between 17 to 20 ringgit Per hour, and here we are being celebrated as frontliners, uh, lifesavers, and so on. But you know, the, the reality is, for the amount of work that's uh, going in, uh, are we being uh, remunerated adequately? Our former health minister YBKJ, mm-hmm. and he's got this very wildly popular show called Kalua Sekejap. Mm-hmm. And uh, on one of his episodes, he pointed out that uh, it's all about political will when it comes to raising the on-call allowance. So, and uh, he stated that as health minister, he was also fighting for it to to have the on-call allowance raised. Mm. And 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 that's what MMA has been requesting for many years now. How much of an increase is MMA looking at? Uh, which would what would be reasonable? I would say uh, twenty-five ringgit per hour at least, mm. right? Because the last uh, exercise in increasing that on-call rates as well was many, many years ago. And of course, when we when the MMA wrote in to the health minister uh, and we had a response, there were many uh, reasons given mm-hmm. as to why uh, the on-call claims could not be raised. But, you know, in our response and uh, the president, Dr. Azizan, uh, issued a statement that the the reasons given to maintain it at less than 10 ringgit is uh, misinformation really because all the other allowances that were stated it does not go down to all doctors uh, all doctors doing on call across the board mm. so on call allowance is something very specific uh, and all the other allowance uh, for those who fit into those respective categories. Mm. 
All right. Um, we also can't talk about human resource and not touch on the issue of contract doctors, which you have brought up, Dr. Siva. I mean, it's been a contentious issue for years. Um, this year, we've seen a few. Uh, we've seen more uh, permanent positions offered to contract doctors, but. In the long term, what's MMA's take on this? What's a feasible solution? Is it more polls or is it finding a better way to provide um, similar benefits to doctors on contract? The MMA has always been consistent when stating that every allowance enjoyed by the permanent doctor should also be given to their contemporaries who are in the contract post. The reason for that is very simple. It's because the, the job scope of contract versus permanent, mm -hmm. there is no difference. Mm -hmm. If a contract doctor is doing on-call in a certain department, so is the permanent doctor, so on and so forth. So mm -hmm. all benefits, all allowances should be equal whether they are given to contract or permanent doctors. Our MMA suggestion with regards to career progression, right? We have always stated that the uh, KKM, should bring on a longer contract for contract doctors. Why? Because imagine someone who finishes housemanship and then becomes a medical officer and is then thinking of career progression. It takes at least a minimum of four years to complete your specialization. And then you can't, you know, in some specialties, you're not allowed to immediately sign on to the minute you finish your housemanship, you can't enter your specialization pathway immediately. Mm -hmm. So if you give two years of housemanship and another eight years of uh, contract for medical officership, that's giving some amount of certainty to all contract doctors. So you've got 10 years of service. Now, should you choose to terminate your contract, the onus is on the doctor. Mm -hmm but you have been given a fair chance for your career progression. There is certainty and you can realize your fullest potential given that longer contract. Now, once you complete your specialization, mm -hmm. then KKM could consider bringing you in as a permanent specialist because there is still a shortage of specialists within the uh, uh, KKM services. Mm -hmm. But again, the first recourse would be human resource mapping. And mm -hmm. then we can truly say that, yes, we are short or actually we are not short. It's just that there is a severe maldistribution. Mm. One more key issue that you brought up earlier, Dr. Siva, was that of the work environment. And that is something that um, we've even seen um, task force being set up to look into allegations of bullying among uh, among the Ministry of Health. What would you like to see? What, what, what does MMA want to see when it comes to addressing this issue? Because this isn't something that's going to be fixed overnight. It's going to take a lot of work and a lot of time and effort to address these long-standing issues. Um, what, what needs to change? Right. You've totally hit a raw nerve on that one, Suen, because... It's very sensitive for some people. And that's why I think uh, that survey which MMA presented on our Doctors' Day event on the 15th of October uh, had massive media coverage uh, mm -hmm. right across our uh, neighbouring country as well. Uh, because a lot of people are very uh, sensitive uh, to, to, to note that, you know, when healthcare professionals uh, are reporting bullying, 
and a toxic workplace environment, uh, they are concerned, they are even alarmed. Um, but again, this is not something new because there was an unfortunate event sometime in 2021-2022, which led to the uh, setting up of the Healthcare Work Culture Improvement Task Force. Mm -hmm. And they came up with their findings after having surveyed more than 100,000 healthcare personnel across the board, pharmacists, doctors, across the board. And um, there was a press uh, statement right, released uh, uh, by the Academy of Medicine of Malaysia requesting that KKM rebuild a safe space for our healthcare workers. And this was back in 2022, more than a year back. And then um, fast forward to January, February of about 2023, mm -hmm. around that period in time, and Code Blue uh, uh, News Portal, they uh, surveyed about uh, 1,600 plus uh, healthcare workers again mm -hmm. and came up with a finding that about 40 plus percent uh, house officers reported bullying. And this was in January or February of 2023, earlier mm -hmm. this year. And the reason why MMA came up with this survey, um, just so that all our listeners are aware, because prior to that, we have already had a, a healthcare workforce that was set up by our previous health minister, and then Code Blue has come up. Then people may ask, so why is MMA now doing another survey? And the reason for that is because the previous surveys were across the board for all healthcare workers mm. in the Ministry of Health. Like I said, it was it's huge. It's everyone. Um, mm. It's everyone, exactly. But the MMA's uh, survey focused entirely on doctors. Of course, the number is not as big. Mm -hmm. We had about 728 respondents to the survey and about 40%, again, a very similar number to the numbers stated by Code Blue, about 40% reported having experienced some form of bullying, some form, whether mild, moderate or severe, some form. Again, uh, there are a, a section or a group of people who may jump on and say, define bullying. What do you mean by bullying? Do people even know what is construed as bullying? It could be misconstrued. But when you have alarming numbers resigning, whether they be uh, young doc junior doctors or even specialists, and you have had um, survey after survey showing you the same uh, results, more or less, that there is bullying, there is harassment, there is a toxic workplace culture, which is, you know, all being addressed by our the, the past two presidents, at least in MME, then the next question becomes, what is the solution? Mm -hmm. Because it's glaring and there's a mass exodus out of the system. So the, the, the solution now would be uh, what has been stated by the past two presidents of the MME, at least, mm -hmm. which is we need to get our doctors to work to time. I mean, by and large, people in the Ministry of Health uh, in KKM are altruistic, mm -hmm. but we need to be very conscious that we do not allow burnout to take place, right? And uh, if you look at the, the statistics on burnout as well, uh, Suen, uh, back in uh, 2019, pre-pandemic, mm -hmm. there was this, uh, the Auditor General's Department uh, came out with a very telling 
figures which showed that one in three doctors pre-pandemic suffered from burnout. And there was another similar finding during, during COVID-19, which was a survey done by no less than the health ministry itself to tackle burnout, which showed that uh, 51% reported burnout. So, you know, if we do not institute reforms to tackle uh, workplace bullying and uh, toxic work culture, if we do not improve the workplace environment, then it's, you know, it's a never-ending losing battle. So mm -hmm. solutions, work to time, maximum 30 minutes. Of course, if there's a patient collapsing, we need to do our best, but that should not be the norm. Mm. Work to time, zero tolerance towards bullying, make it the key performance index of all heads of departments, hospital directors, as well as even state health department directors, that their KPI should be zero tolerance towards bullying. The culture should always be top down. It cannot be bottom up. And uh, acknowledge the issue exists. And together we can maybe, you know, find a solution to what has already been proposed. Mm. To wrap up our discussion today, Dr. Siva, what would your one key message be to our policymakers when it comes to taking human resource issues seriously in the Ministry of Health? Two words, patient safety. Let me just expand on that uh, mm -hmm. before we conclude, Suen. Patient safety is paramount, okay? Our people deserve the best possible healthcare available. And in order to achieve this, uh, let's begin to value nurture and invest in our human capital, meaning human resource. Let's come together and plug the Malaysian brain drain by advocating transparency and accountability for the betterment of Malaysia's healthcare. And on that note, thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Siva. Thank you, Suen. Thank you. I've been speaking to Dr. Siva Balasavaratnam, Chairman of MMA SCOMOS. I'm Lim Suen and this has been Health and Living, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.